0: What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the ENBR Rams podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and I am thrilled about today's guest. I was joined by Zach Goldich. Colorado State alumnus, former NFL offensive lineman, and currently a firefighter for South Metro here in the Denver area. Zach is, without a doubt, one of the most incredible and inspirational individuals that we have ever had on this podcast to survive the Aurora shooting and have something that insane happen to you at 17 years old, literally have a bullet go through your neck at 17 years old. And to be able to take that and then be a leader in your community as a senior in high school, leader of your football program, and have a really great season, go on to CSU, have a terrific career, reach the NFL, do all these amazing things, and now get back to the community with the Heroes Journey 5K. He's just a remarkable individual, and I'm really thankful for him giving me some time. This was a really enjoyable interview. We covered a ton of ground going all the way back to his high school career, and responding through this tragedy and his time at CSU and the highs and the lows and making it to the league and obviously everything he's doing now, we pretty much touched it all. And I just know that you guys are really going to enjoy this interview. I certainly enjoyed participating in it. Uh, If you'd like to sign up for the Heroes Journey 5K, you can do so at runsignup.com. Just Google Heroes Journey 5K. It'll pop right up for you. You can also donate if you're unable to participate. There's a virtual option, which is cheaper. It's for a great cause. It's for a great message. And I highly encourage all members of Ram Nation to uh, contribute if they are able to. Remember, one of the core principles of this community is that Rams support Rams. Uh, Real quick, before I get to that interview with Zach Goldich, when you get hurt, Bacchus and Shanker is here to help. Backus & Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case. No upfront fee to speak with you about your case. No fee while they work on your case. No fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients. Now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus & Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, ride share, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus & Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus & Shanker wins. Also, professional rugby has returned to Rugby Town USA. Your hometown American Raptors have begun their six-match homestand against the six South American rugby teams that make up the brand-new Super Rugby's America's Competition. Find the full schedule at AmericanRaptors.com. What's even better, though, our guy Colton Strickler, CSU alumnus, has a weekly DNVR Rugby podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Colton Strickler. Also follow us at DNVR underscore rugby to keep up with the latest news. He's got 101 Rugby Pods exclusive interviews with athletes and coaches. He provides betting advice, everything you need to be an informed rugby fan. And if you didn't get the ticket you wanted as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities available at Infinity Park. Rugby just may be your next ride. The American Raptors organization takes athletes from all kinds of backgrounds, football, basketball, track, wrestling, you name it, whatever. They already possess all the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby. They get coached up and then, you know, they go on to have great success in the game. Finally, tickets are just $10. Children 12 and under are free for all American Raptors matches, and if you can't make it, watch all the American Raptors matches live on ESPN+. All right, without further ado, my interview with Zach Goldich, former Colorado State offensive guard, started 38 games in his career, played in 43. 2017, first-team All-Mountain West selection, went on to spend time in the NFL with five different franchises, including the Chargers and Chiefs, rivals of the hometown Broncos, something that we touched on. And now 10 plus years later, the Aurora theater shooting Survivor continues to do incredible things for the community, including the upcoming Heroes Journey 5K, which will be on July 22nd. Here it is. All right, joining me on the DMVR Rams podcast, we've got a special guest, CSU alum Zach Goldich. Zach, we're going to get to the upcoming hero's journey. I'm uh, really excited to dive into all of that. Uh, first things first, though, you know, how's your summer going?
1: It's going really good. Um, you know, it's it's been a little bit of a struggle with all the rain and, and the clouds and and whatnot. So, you know, it was, it was tough to get out and do things, but it seems to be clearing up. So, uh, it's getting getting a little bit better though. It's been great though.
0: Yeah, it's been a weird summer with all the hail and just the. Has that been stressful for you as a firefighter? Has that been like impactful on you?
1: Uh, not so much as not so much the rain and hail at work, more at home because I only have one garage space and my wife takes that garage space, so uh, <laughs> my car is left out. You know, in survival mode. So when it comes, I, I panic a little bit, but um, no, the tornado that recently hit Howlin's ranch and this hit the station that I work at was kind of a crazy day. Um, I happened to be off that day on a trade, um, but I live not too far away and I went and and dropped a crew off some ice cream because I knew they were really busy, um, you know, taking care of everybody else. And and it seemed like a pretty chaotic day for them, but it seemed like a lot of fun though.
0: Team players through and through. I love it, man. One of the, uh, one of the things that I, I was always weary of bringing up, you know, during your playing time, I was at the collegiate at the time, I was also a student. I never asked you anything about, you know, the Aurora shooting or anything that you went through, because I was always just kind of unsure, like, if it was something you wanted to get away from, if it was something you embraced. Obviously, today, you embrace it, you do all these things with it, and it's so cool to see. But was there ever a point in which you kind of like didn't want that to be attached to your identity?
1: Yeah. And yeah, I, I definitely struggled with that in the beginning. Um, you know, cause it, it happened when I was 17 years old and I'm still trying to make a name for myself as a football player. And next you know that's everyone else just want to talk about the shooting. They want to talk about other things.
0: It was like um, a month after you committed, right?
1: It, it was, I was looking at some old photos the other day and, um, it was uh, just about two weeks oh, when, I, man. when I committed. So, um, I think I, I have a photo with, with coach McAwain on like July, uh, like 13, I think I was supposed to go to a camp in Wyoming. And then I canceled that and went to CSU and committed. Um, but you know, everyone wanted to talk about the shooting and I'm still trying to make a name for myself as, as an athlete. Um, and you know, I, I, I was hesitant to embrace the story and, and realize the significance that it played, um, you know, not only for my team, um, for myself, but the community around me and the support that I would end up getting. You know, in the long term, and, and still receive to this day.
0: Did people act really weird around you for a couple years?
1: Uh, I would say that the weirdest weirdest part, and I, I don't, I don't blame people for this. But you no, know, it, it's like what it do you do. do you topic. It. Yeah, like it, it's kind of weird, and, and people um don't necessarily know how to approach or ask those questions. Um and I, I know that people are curious. You know, people have questions they want to ask. Um and some of them, you know, are very like they're they're sensitive and some of them are maybe not as sensitive. But it's like, I don't know if people know how to how to judge which questions are appropriate to ask. Um, um, but when they start to to ask them and, and talk to me about it, you know, they realize that I'm I'm an open book. Um, And it's important for me to to give people the answers that they're they're seeking for, um, you know, to share my experience, you know, and kind of fill their curiosities. Uh, But I don't think people treated me too too differently, you know, because I was able to get back on course with football and um, you know, kind of live live my life. Fortunately, you know, and so it it was great. You know,
0: did you play week one your senior year?
1: I did, I did. So we were still in the middle of summer training or summer like weightlifting and whatnot. So I missed about two weeks. Uh, I think I missed a week pad camp, um, and, a, and a week's worth of lifting and running to avoid infection. Um, and you know, just to, to, uh, not detour the healing process, but I was able to start week one and didn't miss a game, um, or practice in the regular season like my, my senior year.
0: That's insane, dude. Just that, for all, I mean, it was probably a blessing in some ways just to like be able to lock in on football and have something else to focus on,
1: yeah, it was great and I, and I think it it helped a lot that I knew my role on the team you know i was I was a senior um captain I, like I, I knew that my team needed me and I needed my team. and you know I had to be there to show them that you know just because adversity hits doesn't mean that we're not going to go finish the business that we set out to to do um and i i'm really fortunate that my team came together the coaching staff came together um the school gateway high school really played a huge part was a huge support network um and us as a as a football team at gateway we realized that that season would mean a lot more to a bigger audience than just gateway high school um you know to see us succeed would mean a lot to other people because it it wasn't just me there at that night. You know, I had teammates in theater nine. I had teammates in theater eight where I was at. Um, And it it really touched home to the gateway community.
0: That's yeah. God, that's just, even like just being a high school student in Colorado at the time, I remember that just like really shook me, obviously the state history with Columbine and everything, but, I can't even imagine just going what you went through, and then just to have that turnaround so quickly, and then just be out on the field. It's it's really remarkable, man. I just have the utmost respect for you. Um, I, I'm a nerd, especially with Colorado high school football. You actually played Bear Creek High School, where I went my junior year. It was kind of a tough game for you guys, as as 48-0 <laughs> loss. But um, you guys started 0-4 your junior year, but then went 12-4 over the following 16 games over the second half of that season, you had a really good senior year. What kind of changed?
1: Um, I I think that played a big tribute to, we had a lot of seniors, you know, so we had a lot of guys stick around from freshman year um, that really got to know the offense and really just grinded it out. You know, I think our head coach, Jessica Hoffman, you know, he, he pushed us and challenged us, um, you know, through, throughout his time there. And I think those who were able to stick around from freshman year to senior year really, um, you know, were up for the challenges. And, um, and I think that really played a huge part of it. Um, along with the additional motivation of, you know, being playing for more than just ourselves. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's crazy. I didn't know that you, you went to Bear Creek. Those were, those were interesting games for us. It was, uh, they were, they were tough competition and it was cool that, um, you know, Jake Bennett ended up playing for that that team as well. And Did he ever
0: give you a hard time for that one?
1: All the time. All <laughs>
0: the time. <laughs> I was going to say, I would be shocked if he didn't bring it up basically every time that he saw you for like at least a year.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I don't really have much of an argument, so I tried to lay low on those conversations, you know. And with him, with him at BC too, you know.
0: What was that process like for you? Obviously, I mean, you redshirt your freshman year, you play a little bit in 2014 and at CSU, they're on the uprise. Like, I mean, I, I was an assistant actually for Tom Ellers up in, the, up in the office that season. So like, I'm completely bought in. I feel like, you know, you're going to the next level. And then Mac just dips for Florida. I, I don't blame him. I get that that's the business and all that. But what was that like for you? Did you ever consider leaving?
1: Um, it was an interesting time, you know, so I go, I redshirt, right. I have, um, I get, I have two surgeries that year, um, that set me back quite a bit. And then the next year I wasn't going to start over Tyson Brelo and Sam Carlson, um, you know, those guys are studs or anybody in the interior. Um, so it was a really good transition year for me to kind of develop physically, um, you know, coming from a high school, triple option offense to a, Division one pro cell offense was a huge transition for me. Um, And so it was more impactful for me physically to develop. Um, I was still grasping the offense a little bit. Um, So I also didn't realize that stuff like this happened in college football, you know, because I'm there just trying to to put on some weight, get a little bit bigger, faster, stronger. Um, And then Coach Mack leaves, you know, and you got to, it's a business at that point. Um, it was a little bit interesting how we found out through, I think we found out through social media first
0: as the whole thing was handled. So po- I remember being like in the office and coaches like, didn't even know if they were like, I think he's gone. I- I'm not a hundred percent sure it it was not handled well.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Um, you know, I really love my offensive line coach at the time, you know, coach Derek, Frazier Frazier, yeah. he was, he was awesome. Um, you know, he was a huge reason why I went there and, you know, to see him leave was was pretty heartbreaking. But um, with Bobo and his staff coming in, I I took that as a great opportunity to really prove myself to, to them that I could play. Um, you know, they hadn't they didn't recruit me. I wasn't one of their one of their guys necessarily, you know, and I had a fresh, clean slate um, with injuries that have been repaired. Um, and then I think I really started to put on some weight around that time. And, uh, I was, I told myself, I'm going to work as hard as I can to show these guys that I, I can, I can play. And, you know, fortunately for me, I was able to do that and made my first start that season at guard, um, and really set my career off to a good start.
0: I think it's natural for coaches to kind of favor their guys. Did you notice maybe early on that like, you know, you and Jake kind of had to, I don't not prove them wrong, but just like prove that you belong.
1: Yeah, and I think that kind of stood for everyone who was who was recruited, um, you know, by Coach Mack. Um, and I think, I don't know, I can't speak for it, but I think that the guys who were recruited from Colorado, um, you know, had something to prove too, because it seemed like Coach Mack made it a very big priority to recruit in-state. Yeah, um, and then it seemed like Coach Bobo, you know, coming from the south and from the east coast, like he kind of like targeted that area a little bit more. Um, and so, you know, I, we kind of came together and we're like, hey, this would be really cool to, uh, have a bunch of Colorado guys, you know, play, start, you know, and prove that we belong here at the Division One level and represent Colorado State.
0: What stands out the most to you when you think back on your career? I mean, you guys offensively were a machine, you know, down the stretch in 2016, 2017, really solid. I always thought it was cool the continuity that you had like within that offensive line, but just kind of what stands out to you the most when you think back on that time.
1: Hmm. I think what stands out the most um, is we like looking around the locker room, we knew that we had potential um, and, you know, we went to bowl games every single year. So we were able to tap into it most of the time. Um, and unfortunately we, we came short and didn't win the conference championship. Um, you know, I lost a handful of important rivalry games. Um, but just like the camaraderie in the locker room and the, the 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 ability to like to push one another to become our best. You know, I thought we had a really solid team. And obviously it, it produced on the field with, you know, high scoring um, and, you know, yards per game average um, was up there. So it was it was really cool. Um, and then just like my overall experience, looking back, it was great when I was getting recruited by um, you know, by that first staff. And I'm sitting in the office with with Jack Graham, the AD at the time. You know, and he's like, We're gonna build a campus, we're gonna be in the top 25, we're gonna go to bowl games every year, and we're gonna win a mountain West championship.
0: And we did most of those
1: things. We did every single one of those things except for win the championship. Um, you know, and and I'm fortunate enough to have played in the stadium my last year, fortunate enough to go to, to five bowl games, fortunate enough to be on a team that was in the top 25. Um, and so to, to have that goal set and then to achieve the majority of them was really, really cool. Do
0: you have a favorite game in particular that stands out? I mean, 2014, Utah State obviously was pretty crazy with the students storming the field. I always think back to that last night at Hughes was pretty special.
1: Yeah, that, that was a very, very special you night. Know, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it right now. Um, you know, I mean, just the, the absolute history of that stadium and to be the last group, you know, of young men to to touch and play on that field was very special. Um, it's a moment I'll moments I'll never forget. Um, one of my favorite games, um, you know, and it's a toss up between the last one at Hughes and the first one at, at Kansas. Um, Oregon you
0: know,
1: you you got Oregon State coming in, you know, pack 12 opponent um and there was a lot of pressure you know because we had won the last one at hughes and it's like hey what's what's the standard gonna be at this new stadium and you know and we we gave them a run for their money and it was a sell you know sell out crowd great great atmosphere um going into my senior year you know it was it was super cool
0: what was that game at Alabama like? I mean, you guys gave them really the best game they played till the SEC championship game.
1: Yeah, it was it was really it was really cool. I did not travel my freshman year to, or maybe, yeah, I did not travel the first time we went and played there. So going there, um, being there in person to feel that Southern football culture was very cool. The, you know, the humidity um, and it's to... to be on the field with those players, you know, who are nationally known as, you know, it's like the feeder team to the NFL um, and to line up against them and realize that, you know, they're, they're people too, you know, they're very, uh, they're more consistent across the board as far as size and skill, Um, you know, but we could play with them, you know, and it was up to us to, to make the most of that. And, you know, once you get that first head out of the way, you know, it, it became just another game and it was a really cool experience Um, you know, one again I'll never forget. Grateful for the opportunity to have been able to play on that type of stage. And it it gave, despite the outcome, I think it gave a lot of confidence. Um it should have, man. Saban
0: had to put the starters back in. He was pissed.
1: Yeah, and it was it was cool, you know, because you go and you watch film and and yes, there's always good and there's bad. But when you see the good, you're like, man, this is against Alabama and these are against these caliber players. Um, you know, we can hang with anybody. And so that was, that was very cool.
0: I don't want to focus too much on the negative from that season because we've all talked about it a million times. But I will just ask you, do you feel like you guys should have won the conference championship that year in 2017 and it just kind of got away?
1: I, I do. I do. And there were some games that got away. Um, you know, that Boise game and, oh. the, and the Wyoming game just stick out so much. Um, you know, the boys, the game with that huge comeback and overtime loss, you know, down to, to Wyoming and their, their comeback at the very end, you know, those are, those are heartbreakers, you know, it's great. I to thought be on Wyoming those.
0: almost hurt more to be honest. Cause oh. like the snow and Allen mm-hmm. completes that fluky pass to the fullback where he's like scrambling and you're just like, Oh God, it's going to happen again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like the opportunity was there, you know, but you know, I, football comes down to. To just a few a few plays, um, you know they happen to make more plays than we did that those games. But you know I, I think you know those play, those games get flipped. We beat Boise, um, we beat Wyoming. I think that's an entirely different season, um, and I think that you know we we might go to the cham- you know we go to the championship and we have a great potential to win it.
0: Oh, that one stung, man. That just as a lifelong CSU guy, like. especially after like 2013 2014 it kind of felt like you know this build-up like it was all leading to this season and Mm -hmm. then you guys you win the first four conference games i'm not telling you anything you don't know i'm sorry
1: but yeah 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 and uh you know everyone everyone feels the same way you know we felt it in the locker room um you know it was it was the one that got away you know um and, and now we, we sit back and we can't really do much about it except for reminisce on it and, and talk about the what ifs, um, you know, but outside of that, you know, I think we, we won a lot of individual battles and, you know, to, to produce the type of offense we did that year and to have, um, you know, the team, the team stats that we had was, was, was still some type of a victory, you know, um, in and itself.
0: Those seasons were so fun too. Like, obviously it didn't, it didn't pan out the way that it could have or maybe even should have under d- different circumstances. But, it, I mean, it's, it was a lot more fun than the last, you know, five years have been. So it's yeah. all about perspective.
1: Yeah, I mean, going go to a bowl game every year is super exciting. Um, you know, and, and to have a winning record every year was, was really cool. All
0: right, we'll get right back to that interview with Zach, but I do have to acknowledge our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know we love Breck Brew at DMVR, and it's because Breck Brew makes any situation better. There's no better way to watch a game than having an ice-cold Breckenridge beer in your hand, and that's because Breck Brew has a love and passion for what they do. They've been doing it for 33 years. It all comes down to their passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy. You got to love that, and you just got to love the endless variety that they offer. It's summer. Now's a perfect time to hit up the Mountain Beach Sour. It's a just perfect combo of sweet and tart. It's good by itself. It's good with a burger. Good by the pool. If you're a fan of Sours, I'm telling you, you will love this one. Check out the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. So if you lose or break your pair, even day one, they're going to send you a brand new pair of sunglasses, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they're going to have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. Check out the entire collection at the brand-new location in the Park Meadows Mall, full-stop shop for all things Shady Rays. And if you don't love them, exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, no risk when you shop. They always have your back exclusively for our listeners. Shady Rays giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. You um, You spent time in the NFL, five different teams. Did you grow up a Broncos fan?
1: I did. I did. I was was a- it
0: weird to then be a part of the Chargers and Chiefs organizations?
1: very very it was yeah i grew up a hardcore broncos fan i was broncos everything you know memorabilia all over my walls jerseys um i was all about it you know but at some point you know you grow up a little bit and you realize that the nfl is a business and uh as far as as far as i know the the broncos didn't really want to do too much with me you know Um, i didn't have much conversation with them and and then next thing i'm playing for two teams in the afc west you're you, know, you get your you get your first check and you're like, all right, well, the Chargers are going to help pay the bills today. And, uh, you know, the Chiefs are going to help, help pay the bills today. So, um, I, I will sadly admit that I've dropped some loyalty to the Broncos. Um, you can't know, say I blame you, man.
0: I mean, you did suit up for those yeah. teams. And, like, just personally, you know, that probably irks you a little bit. Like, you have the NFL talent. Two teams in the division were willing to sign you. Like, what's the deal, Denver?
1: Come on. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like I still like the Broncos because they're the hometown team, you know, so they represent more than just like the team that didn't really want me. But, you know, it's funny. I get to L.A. Um, and I, I, I'm i in the locker room with Philip Rivers and he's a guy I've been rooting against my entire life. <laughs> and next, you know, I'm sitting at a table with a bunch of rookies and he comes down and sits down. And, you know, he's he's asking us our names and asking us where we're from. And I'm like, this guy's not too bad. He's actually a really nice guy. I kind of like Philip Rivers, you know. Everything
0: I learn about him makes me like him more and that frustrates me too because as a diehard Broncos fan, I'm like, no, he was like, you know, the enemy talking trash. Like he was Uh a great villain, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So when I see the other side of it, you know, I'm like, it's maybe they're not too bad. Maybe I do. (laughs) Do you miss football at all? Um, I do. I do. There's there's definitely times where it, I get that itch and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm like that old, that old washed up guy. It's like if I just have one more play back on the field, you know, I would do anything for that. Um, you know, but I do like when I when I watch football at the firehouse, uh, when I watch football at home and people ask me questions and I share stories uh, from games and, and practices, locker room and all that stuff. Uh, um, you know, it makes me miss it because there was a there was a lot of enjoyment in it. You know, there's a lot yeah. of things in football that cannot be replicated in the real world. Um, You know, but at the same time, I'm I'm very satisfied. I'm very um you know content with my career. Um, you know, I I gave it my all, and I really can't say that I didn't try my best. I I didn't you know I didn't dog anything. Um, you know, I, I made it to. To division one college football. I made an NFL roster. I stepped foot in an NFL game. Um, and so there's, the only, the only thing that could have been better is, you know, I I just had a consistency with, with a team. Um, but to say that I did it though, is very satisfying internally. Um, and then to move on to a career that I enjoy now um, is, is even better. So.
0: And you probably, I mean, it's, Not exactly the same, but similar elements of like camaraderie within a team, and very schedule oriented, and you still have to be in good physical shape. Like that—that's all kind of elements of football.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm sitting there. um, Even in high school, was preaching all the coaches, like, "Hey, you know, this game won't last forever, and you—you got to have a plan B. You know, whether you think that you're the best player in the world, you know, you're one injury away from not playing." You know, yeah. or you're one me, you know, your one bad practice, one bad game from just being burnt out, um, potentially and, and just walking away. So um, you know, I'm for when I was trying to develop my plan B, um, I I was like, I I can't sit at a desk and sell things to people and I'm not gonna uh it's just not me. So I'm like, what can I what can I find that's gonna replicate this lifestyle the best you know I can I can to to compare it to football and, uh, firefighting was that, you know, it's, it's, it's the total team atmosphere. It's the total preparation, uh, the physical aspect of it. Um, you know, my lifestyle now matches it what I was doing in football. Um, you know, they're studying film uh, film, you know, it's like you study the game plan. Why well, study the game plan for house fires and yeah. medical problems and, um, whatever other situations we may get our hands into. And, um, the, and, and the schedule is. I've had the most time off I've ever had in my entire life, you know? Um, and it's, I, I enjoy it every single day.
0: That's super cool, man. And it's got to be neat too, to have, you know, some fellow CSU alumni around as well.
1: Oh, very. Yeah. It was, it's really cool. I went to Academy with with Sammy Long and, and Kevin Davis. Um, and then some, some guys who were a little bit older than me, Kevin Pierre Lewis and Jordan White were already with South Metro before I got on. Um, so it was very special to start an academy uh, with two guys that I knew very well and could trust right off the bat. Um, you know, and to see them love their careers that they're in now and to kind of have those shared experiences is, is really special.
0: I think it's so cool, man. I just, that's what it's all about. Obviously, like all of you are high level athletes, all of you have aspirations of, of reaching the highest level, and, and you did, you made the NFL. But I just think it's cool because this is kind of like what it's supposed to be. You know, you go to school, you get your degree, you have your career, and then you go on and you be successful and be able to like apply all these experiences and things you learned. I think a lot of people kind of crap on the experience. and I get NIL has made like everything complicated. And I'm not saying that they don't even deserve the money. I just mean that it's nice to see it kind of pan out the right way, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. and And it's been great. You know, the greatest benefit the greatest payout from football is the stuff that you learn along the way that transition down, down the line. You know, every, there, there were things within the game of football that have made me who I am today and um, has shaped me into, you know, the employee that I am at my department. Um, You know, I don't have issues waking up early to do physical stuff. I don't have issues, you know, with preparation and making sure that I'm, I'm prepared to do whatever I need to do. I don't have issues working with other people, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, it's 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 been. I'm extremely grateful for everything that football has has, has given me. Um, you know, outside of the the career that I had.
0: So you've got the the second annual Heroes Journey coming up on uh, July 22nd. I believe is that did I got the date correct. Just want to make sure mm-hmm. on that. Um, You've been through so much, man. Like, we've already hit on a lot of it. What is it that, like, makes you want to continue giving back to the community and, like, just being so selfless? I think going through something so tough, like, you could see how someone could come out bitter or jaded. Like, you know, you didn't deserve this horrible thing that happened to you. It was completely random. And instead, like, you've just gone on and you've turned it into so much positivity.
1: Yeah, it's... I mean, it all kind of boils down to a couple of things. You know, and the first one is, you know, I my high school coach always preached to control what you can control. You know, I couldn't control that I was shot in a movie theater that night, but I could control my attitude towards it and I could control my effort and what I wanted to focus on moving forward. Um, and, you know, I, I channeled my focus into football. I channeled my, my focus into my support group. Um, and through that support group, Really helped me grow. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say move past, but it helped me build a foundation um, that I've been able to build on year after year um, to really hold myself together the best I can, despite what I had gone through. Um, you know, along with being extremely fortunate where I wasn't in the theater where I saw people die um, and I saw chaos, you know, um, other than what happened to me and the chaos that I saw at the hospital. Um, and you know, the mental games of being fearful and uncertain about my own, you know, state of health, Yeah, um, it's, that's helped me move on and you'll know, be where I'm at today. And so giving back is, is just been a natural thing because of how much people have given me, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to take, take, take all the time, but you have to give. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a two-way street, you know? Um, so I feel like it would almost be selfish on my part if I would have received as much support as I did, um, without giving support back to those same people.
0: You're, uh, you partnered with the, is it 720 foundation or 720 foundation?
1: Yeah. So the, the 720 foundation, um, they they were established shortly after. And obviously, you know, that foundation is set to remember the lives lost and those impacted um from the events of 720. Um, and so I I wasn't necessarily a, a part of that organization initially because I was busy trying to graduate high school and graduate college. Um, you had
0: some stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I was I was kind of busy. I was traveling a little bit. <laughs> um so when I finally got on of South Metro, the head um of the foundation approached me and asked me if I wanted to help. Um, you know, shoot some ideas on how to make the 10th anniversary special, because it was a big deal, and I pictured a couple of ideas, and, and uh, on my list of ideas was a 5K that would help fund the scholarship. And she was very on board with that. Heather Dearman is her name, and uh, you know she kind of took it and ran with it, and the 720 Foundation was like, "We'll help put on this this 5K." And we also partnered with the the Aurora Public Schools um, Foundation who houses the the Zach Village Opportunity Scholarship, which we collaborated with. Um, And so it's a great partnership. um, And the wealth is definitely divided and spread to to make this this whole event uh, special.
0: You guys were able to fund a $10,000 scholarship in year one, right? Which is, I mean, that's
1: awesome. Yeah, very, very ambitious. You know, when they're like, how much do you want the scholarship to be worth? You know, and I I was like, I want it to be $10,000. You know, I was fortunate enough to have a, a full-ride scholarship to, to Colorado State, which forever changed my life as a first-generation graduate myself. Um, and so I I would like to think that a $10,000 scholarship would not necessarily cover all of it, but it's going to make a pretty significant impact on the financial burden that higher education puts on um, those who are ambitious enough and courageous enough to take on student loans to go to college. And so, yeah, we were able to to meet that goal, and we distributed a ten thousand dollars scholarship to a graduating senior out of Aurora Central High School. Um, she's a very ambitious um, incredible individual um, who plans to attend Greeley for business, and she's gonna do awesome things um, out there and i and with with this scholarship, along with some of the other state funded grants and other uh, scholarships, she was able to cover she um, expressed, you know, that she won't have to take out any student loans. That's you know, life changing, that, which is absolutely life changing. It is extremely humbling to be a part of it, um, and you know, to have the entire community play their hand in it because it's not just me. Yes, my name is on the scholarship, and my story is attached and gets people, you know, to come in and and channel it somewhere else. Um, but it really wouldn't have been possible without everyone's participation. Um, in the event and and through donating um, which is very special.
0: I'll share all the information online, but where can people sign up for the five k? It's on july twenty second. Can they donate if they can't participate in the event?
1: Yeah, so they they can't donate and donating to the scholarship is year round through the APS foundation. Um, and I, our the registration is through run sign up. Is the website, or you can go to Google and type in Heroes Journey 5K. um, And you can register through there. You can donate through there. 100% of the proceeds go into the scholarship, or will be essentially transferred to the APS Foundation to house that money um, for the scholarship. There's a virtual option for those who are not able to attend in person, um, which is cheaper than the in person participation fees. and it should be a really, really great time. Um, you know, we had a lot of success last year with over 200 participants. Um, this year we're on track to reach over 200 participants. Um, and so hopefully we can get this thing growing every single year. Um, and really just make it an event that people enjoy coming to and look forward to coming to every year. Um, and then everything else will kind of take take care of itself.
0: I just think it's cool, man. I just, to be able to take something that was so dark and like so hard on this community to now have something annual where everybody can come together. And obviously it's for such a great cause. It's just really special. And, you know, I just kind of generally speaking here, obviously for all like CSU fans, alumni, like, thank you for everything that you do. And, you know, for the way that you represent
1: CSU. Yeah. Thank you. And, And CSU has been a great help too. You know, they've put out social media, um, you know, av- av- you know, basically promoting this 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 run essentially, and sharing the story. um you know, and it's important, you know, and I want people to know that it's it's not about me. It's like I know like I'm on the podcast and my face is, is on the articles, you know, but um, you know the foundation is set, um you know, to remember those lost and those who you know battle with everyday struggles um and then to highlight. You know, those unsung heroes who help people go through adversity every single day, which gives the name the hero's journey, Um, you know, for those heroes out there who aided that night and continue to aid those who still struggle from that night and those who are struggling from, um, you know, just everyday adversity. So,
0: I don't want to take up too much of your time here. I'm going to let you get going. But just briefly on a lighter note before we go. What's scarier, going up against an Alabama nose tackle, or running into a burning building?
1: Ooh, uh, maybe the maybe the Alabama (laughs) lineman. Maybe, maybe maybe. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up, you know. Because at some point you 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 train and you know what to do. Um, So it depends, you know. I can I can put out a fire pretty pretty easily with some water, Uh, but the Alabama lineman, you know, he's got no quitting him. He's gonna be coming back every single play. Um, do you
0: think you were more nervous the first time that you fought a fire or the first time you ran out of an NFL tunnel?
1: Probably the first time I fought a fire.
0: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, the, the fans aren't going to hurt you.
1: No, they're not going to hurt me. And, and you know, maybe I will say it might be scarier fighting a fire, um, just because you know, most of the time it's dark, it's smoky, you can't see anything. So, um, you know, at least with alignment, I can see who I'm going against. I know where I'm going, you know, in in the dark, smoky building. I don't know where I'm going, um, but you know, we have our tools to figure out, make it a little bit easier. So
0: thank you, man. This has been just amazing catching up with you. I'm I'm really excited to see how this second hero's journey goes and, you know, thank you for giving me some of your time.
1: Yeah, Justin, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate you. And, uh, uh, it's very cool to see all, all that you're doing
0: appreciate you, man.
1: What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest MC that there ever was, eh? What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them the number one, eh? What would you say if I told you and nobody in the Rockin' for a sold-out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy, probably never make it. Were you listening to that right now? I said we on now.